man. And so by way of introduction, I, I want to share with you two quotes. One, the first one, you show me your friends and I'll show you where you're headed. You show me your friends and I'll show you where you're headed. You know, it, for, it, you can, if you were to show me a group of your friends, and I like to, and I, I'm, I'm always preaching to teens, so, uh, um, and so I hope that's, that this will not only be a blessing to them, but also a blessing to all of us in this room. And so uh, uh, that, that quote is so true. And if you were to show me your friends, I can definitely show you where you're headed. And for some, you're headed towards prison or jail. For some, you're headed towards uh, becoming an alcoholic. For some, you're headed towards drugs. For some, you're headed towards a, uh, a, a life that's just full of parties. For some, you're headed towards a life full of regrets and failure. And so, so it's so important that we have the right people in, in, in our cabin of friendships here. Your friends, here's another quote, your friends will either draw you closer to God or further away from God. Friends in the Bible, let me show you a few of these friends in the Bible. In Bible, in book of uh, Ruth, uh, 122, if you can turn with me to Ruth 22, 122, we find that Ruth was a friend to Naomi. Both had suffered um, great loss. Um, both, uh, both lost their husbands. And obviously there's an age difference there because Ruth was the daughter-in-law to Naomi. And Naomi had given the opportunity to Ruth and uh, the other, the, her other daughter-in-law to go back to their co- home countries and, uh, and, and find another husband or whatever, do, you know, do whatever is better for you. And Ruth decided that she, want, uh, she wanted to stick with Naomi. And uh, in verse number 22, it says, So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem, in the beginning of bar, uh, barley harvest. And so you know the story because Pastor went through the, taught through the book of Ruth. And so in the book of Ruth, we find that they were both strong, struggling as, as widows. And here they are. They go back to their home country, and they're both working the field. And so trying to uh, make ends meet. And so Ruth says that wherever you go, I will go. If, uh, and whoever your God is, I will make, uh, uh, that, that'll be my God. And so we find that Ruth is a good friend here. So these are all good friends I'm going to mention. Here we have Ruth to Naomi. We have Abraham and Lot. Uh, uh, Genesis chapter 14. Genesis chapter 14. Verse number 14 and through 16. And when Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive... He armed his trained servants, born in his own house, 318, and pursued them to, unto Dan, and he delivered himself against them, he and his servants, by night, and smote them, and pursued them unto Hobath, which is on the left hand of Damascus. And he brought back all the goods, and also brought again his brother Lot, and his goods, and the women also, and the people." So we find uh, that friends will go to the great extent, great lengths to, uh, to rescue that, uh, uh, their friends. And so here Abraham, 
um, went to uh, went to rescue uh, his brother Lot was taken in cap- uh, t- taken captive, and he he uh, went to rescue him, and 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 not only him but also the women that were taken captive and all the goods that were taken captive, and so he went to great lengths through great lengths just to save his his friend here, David, First uh, Samuel chapter eighteen, verse one through three. These sticky notes aren't helping me out. Okay. Um, David and Jonathan, 1 Samuel chapter 18. And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would let him go no more home to his father's house. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. So we find Jonathan and, uh, and David Two, so, uh, two, two, uh, uh, two individuals just knit together, good, the friendship there. And as a matter of fact, Jonathan was the son of Saul. And if you know the story in the Bible, Saul was out to kill David. And so Jonathan, being his son, actually uh, helped to, uh, to protect David uh, and, and warn David of Saul's coming. And, and so he protected David. And so later on, it's a beautiful story, too. Later on, as uh, when uh, King David uh, had, had gotten uh, to be a king, he, he, he said, is, is there anyone in the house of Saul uh, that I can be a blessing and a help to. And so he found, he, they find a, a man that was crippled, and they went to Lodibar and, and, and brought this man by the name of Mephibosheth and brought him in and took him in. And so we find that David was a, is a good friend to Jonathan and Jonathan to David. Um, Second Kings chapter 2. Second Kings chapter 2. Verse number two, and Elijah said unto Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. So Elijah is telling Elisha not to go with him to Bethel. And Elisha, knowing that, I don't know if he knew what was going to happen, but he says, no, I'm going with you. I don't care. I'm going with you. And so we see how, how close that, uh, they were, the bond that was there. And so Elisha went with Elijah. And you know the story. Elijah was, uh, we, uh, you know, the, the chariots of fire uh, came down and, 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 and brought Elijah up. And Elisha did not want to let him go. And so, and so he took on that mantle and continued the work of God there. And we find that Elisha has, had, had double the blessings than Elijah did. And so, anyway, um, one, one last, uh, one last um, um, illustration here. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter number 3. 
So we know that when King Nebuchadnezzar uh, had taken the children of Israel captive and brought them back to Egypt with them, and they, they set up this golden image and, uh, uh, and, and said that and, and made a decree. He, the king, when the king stamps uh, something, it's, it's law now. And so if that, if, and, and if you break that law, it's, the pun, it's, it's definitely punishable by death. And so when this golden image was brought up, and as soon as this, uh, the music began to play, they said that you need to worship this image. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, being the three friends that they are, stood together and, and, and held their ground and says, we will not bow down to this image that you have given to us, this false idol. And so and because of that, uh, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar had thrown them into the fiery furnace. As a matter of fact, he chose three of the strongest or the strongest men to uh, take him and take them and throw them into the fiery furnace. And it was so hot that the, even the men that threw them in burned and died. And so, and so these three men had, uh, uh, were, were good friends, and they stood their ground even through, uh, when difficult times came. And, so, but, and God delivered them through the fiery furnace. And so then we find bad friends in the Bible. Um, Amnon, Amnon and Jonadab. And uh, uh, during youth uh, or uh, teen camp, we, uh, Brother Dean had preached on uh, this text in Second Samuel. You don't have to turn there. Uh, he talked about Amnon and Jonadab and how Jonadab tricks Amnon into uh, having this relationship with uh, Tamar, his sister-in-law, or uh, a stepsister, sorry, stepsister, uh, in a very bad way. In the end, Amnon, uh, Amnon ends up dead. And so uh, he, why was that? Because he had a, a bad friend. The Bible even says that he had a bad friend. And so Ananias and Sapphira, Acts chapter number 5, in verse number 3, the Bible tells us that they lied to the Holy Spirit. Um, they lied about what they gave. And so, uh, and so there were two. Uh, there were two married couples, and they ended up lying about what they had given. Jo- Job, uh, Job's three friends in the Bible. We know that Job's three friends. When Job lost all of his children, uh, he lost all of his wealth, his servants. He lost all of that. Everything was just. Um, everything was just gone bad uh, downhill for him. And so it got to a point where his friends started began to accuse him. Of uh, of uh, of uh, and says that this is because because the reason why you're going through this is because this in your life when that wasn't the case and so uh, Job was a man after God's own heart and so we know that Job was wasn't doing anything wrong and it, it, uh, uh, we wonder sometimes uh, why does bad things happen to good people and it it, it happens the just uh, uh, the just uh, uh, or um, what's that verse. Um, falls on the, uh, uh, on the, uh, uh, yes, yes, there you go, Pastor, thank you. Um, and so then we have Ananias and Sapphira, Job's three friends, uh, and then uh, my last one, Samsung and Delilah. Delilah, a married couple here in the Bible, Delilah pretended to be a good wife, but delivered Samsung to the Philistine army. And so, and so it's so important for us to have good friends in our life and to judge whether they're good or, or not. And so, it's so, so I want to get into this thing of friendship tonight. And so iron sharpens iron. So when the Bible tells us iron sharpens iron, 
we understand that when 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 uh, we have to understand here today i 'm going to use some uh, some tools that I use at work, but uh, this iron sharpening iron is like taking a sword and having this furnace and heating up the sword and then pounding it and there 's friction there, and then use this little you know the this this uh, Thing that sharpens up the you know the, the the swords that rolls around and everything and so uh, and so this this idea of friction and so I got this tool here at work we have a bit right here and so I use this bit to drill through holes and so um, and so and so I use and then I also have this uh, drill here. I can, you know, I'll use this this drill here, and I'll connect it, and then through wood, I'll drill. I start drilling holes through that, and so I do that for a reason, so that our plumbing um, can be hidden behind walls. Nobody likes to see plumbing outside of walls, and so I have this pipe here. This is my plumbing right here, and so nobody wants to see this sticking out of their walls. So you know, this is ugly, and so this is where all you know. Uh, this this is an ABS pipe. That all of our, you know, this, when you wash your hands, it goes down this drain and it goes out the, out to the street. And so, but it, but I hide this. How do I hide this? By using tools like this, this bit right here. And so, I'll, uh, and and so, um, let me have Cody. I'm gonna have uh, Ben come on up here and help me out. And so, if you can bring this wall right here, have Brother Robbie help me out and frame me up this wall because it's what he does, you know, and so put it right here, please. Alrighty, so I use this, and I start drilling holes through walls or whatever, you know, and so that's what I normally do, and then as soon as that gets punctured through, I'll stick this pipe right on through there, and so, and so, um, you know, uh, uh, let's see here, so then, uh, then I have, uh, but there's the time, there comes a time when this begins to get dull. And I'm sorry, Pastor, I'll get this cleaned up. I'll have the boys do that. And so, um, and so, uh, so there comes a time when this becomes dull. And so, this thing, idea of iron sharpening iron, I use, uh, what I normally do is I take a file and I start sharpening these bits. You know, I'll just sharpen it like that. I'll spend 15, 20, 30 minutes and I'll sharpen it just like that. And so uh, these bits can cost somewhere between twenty and thirty dollars, even more depending on the size bit that you use. Uh, it can get expensive if you dole them out the first house that you drill uh, drill in. And so if you're constantly buying bits, it's not a good thing. And so and so I try to conserve money. And I had this uh, journeyman, one of my journey, uh, my journeymans that was teaching me how to plumb and everything. He taught me how to sharpen a bit by using a file. And so he 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 he, uh, he would spend 15 minutes and doing you know doing that. Most most guys in the company can make a bit like this last about a month. And since he's taught me that, I can make a bit like this last six months. Um, and I've seen a guy that that can make a bit last last up to a year. So that's saving a whole lot of money. And so instead of buying a bit, you know, spending thirty dollars on a bit every single month, instead it's spending thirty dollars every six months, or depending on how good you are with um, with uh, sharpening your bits. And so every t- every day I would sharpen my bit, you know. Um, if it's dull, then I'll start. I'll sit down. I'll spend a little bit of time, and I'll just sharpen my bit. 
And so, um, and, and, and then I'll end up using it and makes it, it makes life so much easier when I have a sharp bit. And so, um, and so, uh, iron sharpens iron. Sometimes we, we, you know, there's friction involved here. And so because there's friction involved, when there, uh, there's, uh, there's discomfort sometimes. In our life, when we get preached at, we don't like to hear, we don't like preaching, you know, to be honest with you. I, I, I do not like it when somebody is scolding me or just telling me, you know, the, the, some of the wrongs that I'm doing. Sometimes I'll snap back at them, and I'm just being kind of transparent with you. I'll snap back at them or be angry at them or whatever, you know. And so, and so because, the, because there's friction, you know, that when only they're trying to help me out, especially in the workplace, uh, when, you know, when I get guys that, that'll tell me that I'm doing something wrong, sometimes that's, there's friction there, and I don't like to hear, you know, uh, I don't like to hear what I'm doing wrong. And so, but I have to understand that they're trying to help me out. And, and so, in the, when, um, God's word should always bring discomfort, discomfort in our lives. Uh, if God's word isn't bringing discomfort in our lives, then I, I guess we're just perfect people. I, I, but I know that for I know that we're not perfect people, and so there's got to be some type of friction. There's got to be some type of discomfort in our life, and so uh, uh, so sometimes when we hear truth, it's not the easiest thing to take in, and uh, and and parents. Sometimes we can hear we'll get we'll uh, we'll get something we'll get something uh, a news from our te- from the teachers at school and saying your t- your your son you know has started a fight some things that we don't want to hear you know your your daughter has done this or done that and you're like oh not my daughter you know <laughs> not my the son not you know and so we don't like to hear these things but sometimes we have to take on the side of of authority. Because we're only destroying our teens, if we did, or even our young people, and so when I, uh, 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 you know, please understand if I, me, or a pastor were to come up to you parents and say and say this is this is what's wrong with your child, this and that. Don't take that offensively. We want to help you guys out. We want to. I know it brings discomfort, and I know there's times where pastor, you know, uh, kind of brings discomfort to me. And I, uh, but I have to understand that he's he's only here. That uh, he he only loves me, and he wants to help me. And same with our our loving father. He wants to help us, and he and he loves us. And so that brings discomfort. Um, and so we'll hear things, you know, we'll hear things, some about our child or some about ourselves. And so we have to understand uh, that uh, there's, there's authority for a reason. And so then also a dull bit, I find this to be true. A dull bit is more dangerous than a sharp bit. And so you uh, ladies that cook in the kitchen and cut, you know, cut uh, vegetables and things like that, you know that when you have a dull knife, it's more dangerous than a sharp knife. Um, and so same with this bit. When this gets really dull and I'm starting to press on it, and I, I thought I had brought, you know, um, a dull bit, but obviously I sharpened it a little bit too much there. So, um, and so I'll just I'll just try this out, and so you'll see how much pressure I'll I'll you know uh, uh, use how much force I'll use to try to get this hole to go, and so 
see, it just it just doesn't work if I do that. So this is a this is a dull, uh, an example of a dull bit. And sometimes with dull bits, and a lot of us that work the construction field, we know that any dull bit is a lot dangerous, more dangerous. And you have you probably have personal testimonies to to share with us. And so um, and so sometimes this has caused us to try to put mo- so much pressure on there, and then a lot of times we can end up hurting ourselves. And you know, and and then w- for what cause? Because we were lazy to sharpen our bits. And so anyway. Um, and so we find that a dull bit is more dangerous than a sharp bit. Um, we eventually become dull. So it's so important for us to have the right kind of friends to sharpen us. And so, and so it's so important to, for us to continue to be sharp. And, uh, and so uh, for us to actually be used. And so otherwise, this bit is no longer good. I just toss it and then go get another bit. And so, uh, so we find that a dull bit is more dangerous than even, they even teach that in school, that, that that's very true. And so uh, I've seen people like jam their wrist or, you know, cut themselves because they weren't, they were they didn't respect the tool, the fact that it was a dull bit. And so... We have to understand that what we ha- we, in order to have, uh, in order to be sharp, we need people in our lives to sharpen us. And so, in order to be used for the intended use, we must be and continue to be sharpened. And so, we always have to make sure that we are sharpening ourselves. And so, uh, otherwise, I can't I can't put this pipe in that wall if I can't drill through the uh, through it. You know, and so I, in order for me to be useful, I have to continue to go uh, to get be sharpened, and uh, and so and so I have to go to the right kind of friends that'll help sharpen us. And so today, I even brought with me so so that you're not looking at me for 15 to 30 minutes sharpening my bit. So I brought a sharper bit, and so when I use a sharper bit, when I use a sharper bit, it'll go just like butter. You know, it'll just be like, just like butter, you know. And so when we are sharpened, we can be used for its, our intended use. And God wants to use us so badly, but we, we don't want to sharpen ourselves. We don't, wanna, we don't want to be sharpened. And so it's so important, important for us to have people like our pastor, those spiritual leaders, people, men of God in the church, women of God in the church, uh, to, so that we can go to and help, and they can help sharpen us into, into what God wants us to be uh, for our intended use. And so uh, I can't be the right kind of youth pastor unless I'm sharpened. I can't be the right kind of uh, you, uh, uh, worker or, you know, uh, unless I'm sharpened. I can't be the right kind of friend unless I'm sharpened. I can't be the right kind of neighbor, the right kind of husband, the right kind of you know, uh, father, right kind of son unless I'm sharpened. And I can be used for its intended use. And so it's so important for us to keep ourselves sharp and go to the right people that will sharpen us. Um, where can I find good friends? So before I get into that, the goal is not to find, a friend, find good friends, but to be a good friend. And so, and so a lot of us, we think, well, I don't have any friends. No, that's not the goal is to have friends. The goal is to be a good friend. And so, but since we're on that page, 
obviously the house of God. <laughs> and so we find the right kind of friends in the house of God. And so uh, I, you know, I'm glad that I can, I can call my pastor my friend. I'm glad that I can go to Brother Robbie and I, and I can call him my friend. Or I can look all throughout the room, Brother Kotze, uh, you know, I can look at Brother Kane. I can look at just everybody. I'm just looking at everybody in this room. And I can, I can call you guys. And Brother Z, I can call him my This is going to be, this is going to take me a while. <laughs> I can call him my friend. And so I'm glad I got the right kind of friends, you know, and, uh, and, and that will help sharpen me and mold me and help, uh, you know, uh, correct me when I'm wrong, you know. We, uh, we have, I can look, I'm looking throughout the whole house and I'm just seeing people that come from different walks of life and I call them my friend, you know. I, uh, and so, like, uh, Brother Patrick, he's a hippie. And, I, <laughs> and so, um, and so, <laughs> I, you know, I, I grew up a little thug, I guess you could say. Two different backgrounds, I can call him my friend, you know. And so, anyway, I just look at throughout the whole room. I can go on and on, you know. And so, um, and so it's so important for us to have the right kind of friends. Work, so we can find the right kind of friends at church. But you know what? It's amazing. It's amazing when when God gives to us all these right kind of friends, these uh, the, these spiritual friends in our life um, that'll help sharpen us. Sometimes, as friends, we can fail one another, and you know I hope that's not the case for my life, and I hope that's not the case for you guys, because I know I know because of my sin nature that I can fail you guys, and you can fail me too, and so. But I hope that's never the case. But we know that when, but we can look to somebody who who will never fail, and that's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ never fails, and you know. And I look at, I look through my life, and I'm thankful that I, to have so many friends here, and I'm thankful for my wife. She's a, she's my best friend outside of Jesus Christ. And and if something ever happens between you and me, or me and my wife, or whatever, you know, I can look to Jesus, who never failed me, and so. And so we have the right kind of friends when we have uh, when we have Jesus in our life. We have the right kind of well. Let me rephrase that. Jesus is the right kind of friend to add to our life. And so it's so important, you know, to have the right kind of friends. And so uh, and so we need somebody. We need somebody to help shape us and mold us and sharpen us. And that's Jesus Christ. And so if you're here today and you're without Christ, you uh, it'd be the best. You know, this will be the best opportunity for, for, for you to get to know about Jesus Christ and how good he is to us and how he saves. Uh, and so and he's been good to us. And so I hope that you can um, uh, allow Jesus Christ to come into your life uh, tonight if you don't have him with you. And so anyway, I think that'd be it. Let's pray. We can be dismissed. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for all that you do. Pray as pastor dismisses us, you'd help uh, be a, uh, use us in a mighty way to be a good sharpening uh, tool for us, we pray. You can direct your attention this way. We are, we are going to have an invitation. You know, I know, I know Brother Vi was nervous, but that was good truth and a good reminder. So there's two questions uh, in going on in my mind right now. Number one, how useful do I want to be? Uh, uh, A lot of us deceive ourselves 
a lot of God's children deceive themselves into believing that they get to decide how useful they are and that we're useful because we're comfortable. But maybe you're capable of a whole lot more than you know. How useful do you want to be to the Lord? I ask myself, I ask myself the question this way. How useful do I want to be to my wife? How useful do I want to be to my kids? How useful do I want to be as a pastor? How useful do I want to be to the lives of God's people? Okay, so if the answer is, I want to be as useful as God would enable and allow me to be, then am I willing to submit to the sharpening process, which is never comfortable? Are you willing to submit to it? Well, you know, and you can deny it or you can admit it, but you know, this is how you know. You know when you're, as a man, you know how willing you are to submit to the sharpening process when your wife says, babe, I love you, but I'm just noticing something about your attitude. I'm noticing something about your temper. I'm noticing some some of these habits, and I'm just concerned. I just want, I want to make sure everything's okay. And, and if you're not willing to be sharpened by that, men, then you're not going to be as useful as you think you are. Um, ladies, if you're approached by your husband, sweetheart, I appreciate all that you do, but you really, you really, need, to, you need, you really need to be aware of this attitude. You really need to be careful that you're, you're not participating in gossip. How useful do you want to be? You hear a message that confronts you. You say, man, what, what business does anybody have? Well, no man has any business. No woman has any business. But the, the authority of God, the word of God, has all the business, has all the right to confront us and to challenge us in those areas. And so you come to a service. The point of a service is not to hear. The point of a service is to respond to how God is dealing with our lives. We haven't accomplished anything if all we do is hear. It's when we respond to it. So, number one, how useful do you want to be? Number two, how, how willing are you to submit to the sharpening process? I, Brother Vi used the word transparency. Um, this, this has happened numerous times from different people in my life. Um, I'm thankful to have people that I know love me. Had, had someone come to the office not too long ago, one of our men, and very respectful, very, very aware of, okay, this is my pastor. But he say, Pastor, this is just an observation. And I just, I want to tell you what I think just so you can, you can be aware of it and hopefully it'll be a help to you. I can hear something like that and say, who are you? Talk to, talk to the the pastor like that. Well, you know who I am? I'm a saved sinner just like everybody else. And the only reason I'm the pastor is because it's what God wants. And this church has assented to that and said, yeah, this is who our pastor needs to be. And this is what we believe. I have an opportunity to hear things like that from men and women that love me and desire to be a help to me. And I can allow it to make me bitter or I can allow it to make me better. Now, what's true for me is true for you. I'm afraid that so many times we pass up opportunities to be sharpened because we don't like what they're saying or we don't like who is saying it. We think, well, if your response to someone who's trying to help you is, 
man, look at all the things wrong in your life. You're approaching this the wrong way. God can use whatever vessel he wants to help me. And who am I to tell him who he can and cannot use? Are you with me? Listen, I look at those two bits. Man, I love the illustration, Brother Fiavai. You want to be a dull bit? You want to be a sharp bit? Young people... Your mom and dad want to be your friend, and the way they're going to do it is to point out those flaws and sharpen you. And brothers and sisters, you have, you have people that teach the Word of God that are willing to confront you and challenge you. How sharp do you want to be, and are you willing to submit to the sharpening process? Let's all stand together. Father, I'm, I'm, just, I'm thankful. Thankful I asked you... I asked you to speak to me, and I'm thankful that you did. And Lord, I have, I have two requests for my own life and then for the lives of your people. Number one is that we would be willing to be sharpened, and then that we would be used to sharpen. So Father, I pray that you would help your people to respond to you tonight. And if you dealt with them about something, that they would humble themselves and spend the time with you that they need to. So, Lord, thank you for the truth and help us to honor you in the way we, we respond. In Jesus' name, amen. While Brother Nate begins to sing, if God has spoken to you, you give him the courtesy of a response. <laughs>